my bed is a spaceship, the tree in the sea. Chapter Nine: Angry Buds and Paintbrushes. Angry buds were whizzing around the meteor, which was whizzing around the iron planet. The iron planet was spinning around in a whiz as the top and the bottom half of the planet tried to catch each other up, like a dog running after its tail. It was rotating so fast that it made First Officer Zip's eyes spin in their sockets. Exploding universes! Curtis exclaimed. This isn't going to be easy. If my calculations are correct, said the scroll, you might almost well probably be right. Mister Hippo was frantically pulling and pushing the brush to banish all the yellow streaks of ooze from remaining at the front of the force field. Curtis peered hard through the windscreen-sized view of the planet. He steered the ship towards the rotating mass of iron. The whole bed was being pulled to the bottom half of the planet. It was as if a rope was pulling them in. Curtis had to push the thrust lever nearly all the way down to get near maximum power from the engines. He steered away from the top half and then slowed down their descent. "I'm nebula nervous," he said as the bottom of the bed approached the red metal surface. If he landed too quickly, then he could break the bottom of the bed. Too slowly, and the mighty motion could be stuck to the magnetic surface forever. Curtis could barely see anything, but lowered them down gently. The scroll of the galaxies gave regular updates on how far they were from the surface. One hundred feet, I think, he said. Fifty feet, perhaps. He continued, forty feet, maybe. He shrugged, thirty feet, if my calculations are correct. Twenty feet, give or take a hundred. Ten feet, depending on the size of the person's feet. There was a mighty thump, and for what seemed like an age, the yellow bouncy material squeezed itself down to a tiny size. And then suddenly expanded. They rose from the surface and high into the air. As they began to fall, Curtis noticed a huge volcano in the distance, which was spewing fresh iron into the air. How hot is that iron spurting out of the volcano? He asked the scroll. If my calculations are correct, he began, and not incorrect. Indeed, will you hurry up and answer? Replied First Officer Zip, who was still feeling sick from all that bouncing. It's cold," said the scroll. "Definitely," Curtis asked. "Yes, definitely. Well, probably, definitely, maybe." Curtis then asked First Officer Zip if this new plan was possible. First Officer Zip asked Mister Hippo if he was ready to help. He nodded. With a few presses of the button, and all the spacemates moving to the edges of the bed, the mighty motion's force field changed shape. Its edges rose high, and the middle portion fell down to rest on the duvet. In doing this, there was now a 
bucket shape of force field above the bed. Saturn splendid, said Curtis. Now comes the awkward part. Mr Hippo continued to sweep the yellow ooze away from the force field as Curtis flew the bed towards the iron fountain. He then moved closer to the top of it, allowing droplets of the red liquid to fall into the bucket of force field. The drops fell in and rested on the yellow ooze which was covering the whole bed. Soon there was plenty of fluid sloshing around in the bucket and then it was full. Moon magic, Curtis said. They were pulled to the ground again. The yellow bouncy ooze contracted even more this time. The spacemates waited, stuck to the ground for what seemed like an hour. Suddenly, the yellow ooze pinged and shot the mighty motion into space. Curtis had to use the hyperdrive to catch the meteor up and then flew at the same speed. He searched for a large crater in the meteor's surface and made directly for it. What are you doing? Mm -hmm? Asked Mr. Hippo while chewing on the duvet. Curtis just shouted, Hold on tight, everybody! He then flipped the bed upside down and landed in the crater. The rubber then shot the mighty motion into the air, leaving the liquid iron behind. Clever indeed, said First Officer Zip. Curtis, Mr. Hippo and First Officer Zip then donned their metal-free spacesuits and left the scroll of the galaxies on board to fly the bed. Right, Mr. Hippo, let's indeed start, said First Officer Zip, handing him a large broom. Mr. Hippo mumbled to himself, but began to dip his brush in the crater and paint the metal over the rock. Curtis felt that he was now an experienced painter after helping Grandpa Tub. He lightly dabbed and brushed the metal paint into the meteor. It was hard work, very hard work, but Curtis knew how important it was to save the tree in the sea. Hours went by and still they had only finished about half of it. Sweat dripped off Curtis's forehead and he was feeling very damp in his spacesuit. They worked so hard that all Curtis's muscles ached. After many hours, the lump of rock was completely covered in red iron. It gleamed. On it lay three panting figures, using the last of their oxygen in their spacesuits. Curtis had his eyes closed when all of a sudden there was a thump on his helmet, followed by another thump. Opened his eyes. At least 20 large buds were banging on the glass as if trying to get in. Curtis tried to swat them, but to no avail. They just kept banging and banging with their short, thick stems. The glass began to crack. Curtis could see patterns like spiderwebs develop around his head. Curtis could feel his heart pounding as the cracks deepened in his helmet. Black hole, help! he screamed. If my calculations are correct, came the scroll's voice through Curtis's earphones, you better get on board. The mighty motion lowered itself slowly to the spacemates. Curtis then ran as quickly as his aching muscles would let him. He climbed the steps 
which the force field made by changing shape. Curtis's buds then went to attack Mr. Hippo and First Officer Zip. If my calculations are correct, said the Scroll of the Galaxies, those buds are angry. Curtis changed his helmet and then leaped back onto the meteor, holding a giant canister of oxygen. The cracks on his spacemates' helmets were so big that they began to crumble. Mr. Hippo and First Officer Zip had to hold their breath and they were turning purple. Curtis turned the oxygen on. The buds flew to it straight away. They took a big gulp and then each of them relaxed and floated away. Soon, the spacemates were back on the mighty motion and ready for the trickiest part of the plan. Thank you.